Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, we are back here on the Ohioan, and hey, it's always fun to welcome in guests, and probably the most famous retired journalist in history is with us now, the great Randy Ludlow. Uh, Friday was your last day, right? Last week, yes. Last week, okay. Um, yeah, and just after a long, distinguished career in journalism. Uh, Randy, thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? Okay, starting to get a little stir crazy. Got to find something to do on the side here. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to ask about that. I mean, I, I'm a news hound, and I've been doing this for probably 20, 25 years. You've been doing it longer than I have. What's it like? I mean, are, are you are you still watching the news? I mean, obviously, you're not writing stories right now like you had in the past. What's it like? I mean, it's Tuesday. I mean, are you following this stuff? I mean, I know you shouldn't be following it as much as you had in the past, but, man, it'd be hard if I retired. I mean, I'd still want to watch the press conference and everything. Well, I'm, I'm a news junkie like you, so obviously I, I stay up on the news. And uh, one thing I, I miss really quickly here is uh, not knowing the news before it's even published because yeah. when, when you're involved in the paper and with the other reporters, you know what stories are coming. Uh, you instantly know of breaking news. Uh, I'm kind of like everyone else waiting for <laughs> stories to be posted to the web. Yeah, interesting tweet talking about, man, I'm still watching this press conference and all, all the state house reporters like, no, go, yeah, don't do that. Don't worry. Well, I got to say, it's got to be hard to because we had Dan Tierney on the show and there's a sense of the press conferences are fun even if you're not into news. I mean, it's they amuse me. It's kind of good. So, I, well, how about yesterday? The one I had press come through, able to stay away from that one or? Yes, I was able to miss that. I was uh, <laughs> okay. trying to get some things done around the house and the yard, the, the honeydew list. So, all right. Very good. Um, Craig, you want to ask um, Randy something? Yeah, you know, obviously a long, illustrious career in journalism. Do you have a favorite memory, whether it's more recent or just historically, uh, maybe something that you covered? What's sort of a favorite memory you have of journal being a journalist? Well, over the course of uh, 50 years, I, I started at 15 years old as a copy boy in my hometown at the Indianapolis News, back in the typewriter days and teletypes and hot type. Uh, so I've been doing this a while. Uh, There's they're just too many stories to list, so many things you've seen, you've covered, uh, you know, ranging from public corruption scandal when I worked at the Cincinnati Post, where the county auditor was illegally reducing people's uh, property taxes of friends and contributors. 
um, by reducing their property values. Therefore, they paid less tax. Uh, we got him uh, indicted, convicted, and thrown out of office. Uh, Help us out on the revision forms. They marked them FOJ, which stood for Friend of Joe. So you were able to see who was getting these illegal property tax breaks. Uh, covered the downfall of Pete Rose and the gambling scandal, scandal in the Cincinnati Reds uh, back when. Um, and obviously, this virus has been the story of a lifetime as far as uh, universal impact. Uh, so there's a lot of things I can look back on. Uh, you know, you've been doing this a while and you've covered every president from Jerry Ford to Joe Biden. So uh, <laughs> yeah. what was it like for you to, to kind of spend your, your last year in journalism covering mostly a singular topic like COVID? Uh, again, a very important story. Uh, people hanging on the news, uh, how bad it is, what they need to do to protect themselves, what they could do to get vaccinations. Uh, uh, but from a journalist standpoint, while it's important, it, it got a little repetitive variations on the theme after more than a year. So uh, obviously that's been a huge story uh, and I'm glad I could contribute to that uh, prior to uh, taking my leave. Yeah. Was there was there a story that maybe you missed out on that you had planned that you didn't get to because COVID just kind of dominated the news cycle? Well, I do have one story I've been working on. Uh, I had to hand off my, my records and my notes uh, <laughs> to the dispatch. It said material was collected on their time, and uh, hopefully we'll see that here in a couple of months since it's uh, something that's uh, taking some digging and uh, Awaiting some records. Okay. You know, we think about Trump, and you know, we're apolitical, and you know, we're not going to sit here and say yay Trump or boo Trump. But Trump has been such a different president, and if you like him or not, you know, you look at Trump and you say, "Man, he did a much a very different way than most presidents did." I know you focus our focus here is more on Ohio politics, but you know, the presidents come for town; they influence what we're doing locally. How different was it to cover Trump as compared to, you know, you look back at Jerry Ford and, you know, some of the, the presidents since then. I, I mean, it, it's different for the general public, but it's got to be different for a journalist, too, obviously. Well, I covered him, gosh, more than a dozen times during yeah. the uh, 2016 campaign here in Ohio. Uh, covered the debate in Detroit, uh, the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Uh Certainly a, a different uh, politician. Uh, something he generated I've never seen before was uh, just this animus toward the press uh, and sitting in the press pen uh, during his rallies and the uh, comments, uh, et cetera, from his supporters who uh, he rallied to uh, against uh, fake news. Uh, but I think he did the, a huge disservice in attacking the media. Well, and I wondered too, I think back in the old political coverage, and if in the press we uncover, let's say, a love note that a politician wrote to their assistant or whatever the case might be, you know, that's where they hold a press conference and their career's over. You know, they're like, oh, no, I can't do anything anymore. And it seemed like with Trump, it changed it. You know, the things that Trump did in the past, it was more like, hey, I did it, whatever. It seems to have totally changed 
not just the way we report on politics, but just the way, I, I mean, I think it's going to have wide-ranging effects, not just now, but down the road. It, it just interesting time, I think. Well, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, when, when the Access Hollywood tape came out, oh yeah, uh, I was covering Mike Pence in Toledo. <laughs> so we were try- obviously it just broken. We're trying to get his reaction to it. Uh, that came out what, a couple of weeks for the election. Not figured. Oh, that that's it. Yeah. Uh, but to his supporters, it didn't seem to much matter. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, it's funny because everything that happened prior, it just, it totally changed. And uh, would you have ever thought, you know, we always think, I mean, I'm 46. I'm already thinking about, you know, how, how's the rest of my career going to go where I'd like to go before I end up retiring. And probably, probably hard to think of that your career, like Craig was saying, would end with COVID-19. Like we always think about what story are we covering? And like you said, it was a once a lifetime story. You know, just kind of uh, amazing to go out in that thing, would you say? Um, unlike anything I've ever seen and ever covered, uh, it was uh, <laughs> quite something. I mean, uh, all the deniers and, and the bashers uh, trying to attack you for, for credible coverage and uh, reporting the science. Uh, it's, I don't know, I've, as a journalist, I've always been a believer in fact and science and uh, that took on quite a challenge here during the pandemic from those who uh, believe its uh, impact is overstated but how you can say that when more than a million ohioans have uh, contracted the virus more than eighteen thousand have died uh oh my gosh uh it's 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 been horrid yeah and we think about like the big stories in our lifetime that we've recovered, we've been part of, I mean, for as awful as nine 11 was, and it, it, you know, obviously definitely changed America. What was it? Maybe 4,000 died that day. And, you know, not to making it live nine 11. I mean, like you said, 18,000 Ohioans. I mean, anytime where you say 18,000 Ohioans died in a year from something that it's tough. I mean, it's one of the stories that we're not, we're not going to forget. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I wanted to ask you too. It, it was interesting. We always joke about, you know, as journalists, we want to make, make sure that we're covering our public officials. We don't want to keep too close a relationship. I think you left kind of a, a really good impression on Governor DeWine. I remember the last press conference you covered, uh, he spent a couple minutes um, giving you a tribute, giving you the first question, and everything. As journalists, we're not supposed to, we don't like your backs padded. You know, we want to kind of maintain that fine line. Were you expecting that? We professional public official, uh, dispatch public affairs, we, we call that the cone of shame. Yeah. <laughs> because, because in some ways it's nice, but in some ways, I mean, as a journalist, I get a little bit, uh, kind of feel weird if somebody's heaping praise on me. Um, was it nice in some ways? I mean, Maybe you say, hey, maybe I did something right, but in some ways, probably a little embarrassing at the same time. Well, it it was a nice gesture, uh, regardless of where you stand on Mike DeWine's politics. He is, he is genuinely a nice man. Yeah. And you can't say that of every politician. Uh, yes. yes I, no, I, I'm on my way out. I, I appreciate his, uh, his kind word there. Nothing he says at this point is going to influence my coverage going forward. 
right. uh, nor would it if it had occurred before now. Uh, we have to hold them to account, keep them honest, uh, be a skeptic. Uh, you know, the old journalistic saw, if, you, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, so uh, that, that was nice to hear that from the governor. Uh, and I appreciated his, his words. Um, you, you talk about tough times to write uh, and, you know, to cover stuff. What was that like covering Pete Rose? I mean, obviously, Pete Rose was involved in stuff. Um, you know, he gambled. You know, he broke the law, rules and everything. What Was that tough in Cincinnati because he was such a beloved figure? I'm, I'm sure you had a lot of people going, why are you doing this to us? You know, <laughs> don't bring down Pete Rose. And it wasn't like you brought down Pete Rose. Pete Rose brought down himself. But what was it like during that time? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who didn't like the coverage just because they just liked Pete Rose as a person. Well, obviously, Sports Illustrated broke that story. So right, uh, right. You know, that was a little embarrassing of the Cincinnati Post for national media to break a big story out of right. our town. But we quickly paddled uh, to catch up and start breaking stories ourselves as as we dug into uh, what was going on there. Uh, the late great Al Salvato covered uh, Rose and his lawyers. Um, I covered the baseball end of things. Uh, Bart Giamatti was a commissioner. Uh, Faye Vincent, who would later be commissioner, uh, was the assistant commissioner. And uh, John Dowd, who's probably more familiar to people from his relationship uh, uh, with Donald Trump, uh, was baseball's investigator in that case. So I was regularly speaking and talking uh, to them uh, and trying to break some stories along the day. Uh, I remember going to the press conference in New York City uh, when Jumati was announcing what was going to happen to Rose. Uh, the agreement of baseball contained no finding that he bet on baseball. So I asked Jumati, and it was the lead in most stories the next day, okay, the agreement states there's no finding. What you personally think, yeah. Commissioner. And he said, well, I personally believe Pete Rose bet on baseball. So, <laughs> I, I, It was a different time back then. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have, you know, people didn't have quite as much. I mean, we didn't have the email. So I, I guess the best way that people would complain or something was by phone or maybe writing a letter or something. Did you guys get a lot of people saying, you know, Lay off Pete Rose. You know, we, we like him. I mean, I, I, it was different than how readers corresponded with us. Uh, but did you hear some of that back then? Uh, yeah, there, there was a fan base that didn't want to believe it. Uh, indeed, even after the Dowd report came out, there continued to be deniers. Uh, but, you know, Pete ultimately admitted, yes, I bet on baseball. Uh, so it was proven, and uh, I don't think there's any questioning uh, history now. It's funny because even throughout my career, like we worked for a paper in Cleveland where a uh, sports columnist wrote a story. I think it's when they were interviewing Pete before an all-star game, probably about 10 years ago. And the columnist wrote a story and he got lambasted for it. Even in our work that we do with the Cincinnati Inquirer now, a lot of times when Pete Rose story runs, there's always still some you know back and forth about that. Uh, Craig, you had a question for Randy. Yeah, you know, obviously after 50 years in journalism, uh, you, you maybe couldn't, you know, help yourself by watching that press conference after retiring. But what's sort of next for you here? What's the next step for, for you, whether it's writing or just, you know, living life? Well, I've, I've been doing this too long to uh, 
I mean, I need my fix still. It, it's a very addictive business. So uh, I am looking to uh, freelance. I'm still trying to develop some opportunities, but I plan to keep my hand uh, in journalism on some level here. Definitely. We'll, we'll look forward to it. And I think it's, it, it's good for journalism. I, I've always, you know, we haven't met personally that much, but it's always been good just listening and hearing. I mean, even the comments you're making here, it, it's good reminders of what we need to be doing in journalism. And I definitely respect that. And Randy, don't be a stranger. Let us know your next freelancing project. And yeah, we'd love to hear more about it. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I, I, as I depart the dispatch, at least, uh, it, it just drives home to me the, the importance of uh, what my colleagues continue to do every day in uh, ferreting out fact, uh, batting down misinformation. Uh, so it's very important, and, and I'm encouraged to see a core of young journalists uh, in place of the dispatch to uh, keep carrying this forward. I mean, obviously, uh, the paper edition is going to go away someday, and it'll be strictly a digital product. Uh, but uh, it's never been, I think, more important in light of the uh, the tenor that, that Trump generated against uh, the news media. Well, it's different. I mean, I'm in my 40s, and I miss the print. I mean, I was uh, silly enough to go buy four newspapers a day. So I understand, you know, a lot of people like the print. But, you know, with the digital, you know, like, as Randy says, you, know, you got a lot of journalists covering stuff. In essence, we're kind of like the CNN of Columbus. I mean, you can keep up the stories update each day. It's not that you just have to wait for the next day's paper. I mean, you, you know, Randy would do a lot of stories that would be up at noon. And, you know, and it would be a constant update of what's happening. So, yeah, good point. I mean, that's why we got to continue to support local journalism. Um, you know, you, you think, well, the dispatch would never go away. Well, it's a business. And if people don't support it and it doesn't have money, Things could happen. So, yeah, definitely continue to support local journalism uh, from a dispatch to all the other great outlets around and wherever Randy freelances for. Um, support that, too, because, you know, we definitely need to see that and we definitely need to see good reporting because if we don't have good reporting, stuff doesn't get broken. Stuff doesn't happen. I mean, think back to the dispatch. I mean, in the past year, we've broken a lot of stories that if we if it wasn't out there, it's a public service. That you know really can't go away. So, well, Randy, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Best of luck, and like I said, please stay in touch. I mean, I know okay. you're not with the anymore, but do that. that uh, great. And, and again, thanks for checking out to Highland. Uh, please subscribe um, and support our sponsors, and check out the Hope Interrupted podcast with uh, former Cincinnati Inquirer writer uh, Byron McCauley as he talks about. Uh, civil discourse cross-culturally. Uh, check out episode three drops tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.